Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain intimate relationships with lots of sizzling sex and no shame. We're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is B and B is for butch. And joining me to talk about one of my favorite topics are Dr. Sasha Goldberg, who has a PhD in gender studies from Indiana University, where her work centers on butch women, female masculinities, and lesbian specificity. She also holds a master's degree in Judaism from the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley. Her research and teaching interests include religion, American studies, media, masculinities, LGBT studies, sexuality studies, and queer studies. And also Lou Green. Lou says, Butch is not a lifestyle choice. Butch both describes her and is her. Butch is her attitude and her energy. Lou is at her best when talking, living, laughing, loving, and dreaming. Her superpower is bringing out the naughty. Born in Italy, raised in New York City, and living in the UK since 2001. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah. Hello. So, where do we start? So, it seems to me that this is an identity that is unfortunately disappearing. Um, and I recognize that person. Oh my God, now I'm going to have to. So, so what do you think of that? Do you think it's disappearing? I have to say, no, it's not disappearing. Um, so I've now been in LGBT activism and organizing for 25 years. And what I see is that Butch has been here and will be here and is here now. Uh, now in this moment of, of COVID, right, it's mostly been an online way to connect about identity and female masculinity. Um, but it certainly continues to be an identity that is underrepresented and marginalized by dominant norms. Uh, and by dominant norms, I mean heteropatriarchal ones, uh, the, less, the less fun ones. Um, but I also think to, to speak to your question directly within LGBTQ and allied communities, there is a very visible transition that's been happening and continues to happen for some folks into transness. And I think butch women often get linguistically and categorically kind of corralled into that. Mm -hmm. um, or in a more benign way, it's just sort of assumed that that direction that female bodied folks who appear masculine or seem masculine are masculine are headed. You know, I think that that does lead to this perception that butches are just disappearing. We're just uh, dinosaurs or the way of the past. And um, look at us here today. I would say that is not true. You are surrounded. I am surrounded. <laughs> Lou, what do, you think, what do you think of that? What do you see in your spaces? Well, I'm probably, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know how, how much older or not I am. Um, but I'll be 40 uh, this month. Right. Well, I've, I'm, I'm 55. Um, okay. So... Uh, in it's my experience, I never actually can, had to think about my gender, my sex, my anything until probably the last um, five years or so. So suddenly it's become for me, 
you know, people are now asking me questions. Um, what is this and what's that? And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having to look at, you know, you sort of, you have to answer the question. Is this, it's, it's a bit odd because I've never answered the question before. I just was a butch. Um, and that was it. And, and for me, butch rides that middle line. Um, and you try to, you know how to take care of women, um, if that's how, you know, whatever your dynamic is. Um, and you, you sort of have the, um, you know, be that role model in the middle to teach people how to treat, treat women properly and things like that. So I'm quite old fashioned in that respect. Um, and, and it seems now that I've got to actually start thinking of all my labels, you know, where I never, I never did be, I never had to before. I was butch, lesbian, dyke, and that was, that was it. It was quite simple. Um, there was nothing to, there was nothing to talk about. So I never really had any issue with pronouns. I've never even really thought about it at all. So now I suddenly have to think about it. So I say she, because that's just how I've always been, but I've always been this way, um, more or less soft or not. Um, and now I have to think, well, if I say she, what is that? What is the perception outside? So I'm quite clear in myself, but now you say she, and people say, oh, you obviously, you need to slot over here or you need to slot over there. And that's just, that's just not the case. So, uh, I, so it's almost, so I, I did go through a period where I thought, oh, well, I need to shift my pronouns. And, and I've come all the way full circle around. I said, no, I, I don't really need to shift my program, pronouns. What's interesting to me about that is that it's, again, people having difficulty with, with something that isn't quite binary, right? that they've moved into this state where they still have to make everything binary. So now if you look masculine, you must be a he. It doesn't matter whether you identify that way or not. And if you're presenting that way, then it suddenly becomes because they can't deal with the fact that there are actually she's who have a masculine presentation and they're still she's. Yeah. So yeah, you're quite right. And and, and, and what so many of us grew up with that same I was, I was just going to say uh, what you'd said, you'd gone to say earlier um, about um, uh, people making, uh, thinking that just because you are the way you are, you're now on a, on a, on a, on a transition of, to somewhere. Well, I'm not, I'm not really trying, no, I'm just, I'm here still as I was. Um, and then they make assumptions in that, in that respect. Yeah. And so many of us as, as, you know, Lou, as you say, I, I've also always been this way, right? And so many of us as as young girls also had to fight that presumption then. Well, you must want to be a boy because you, you know, fill in the blank, right? The the lowest hanging fruit is you play with trucks and you, you know, like the the boys, quote unquote, the boys cartoons or the boys clothes. Um, and so it is a kind of coming full circle, right? For those of us, and we're a, a, a decade and a half apart, who've, mm. who've come out and fought for our identities as did the women before us to have to say again, you know, to go back to a, a, even a, a, an embodiment of younger childhood and say, no, I'm not a boy. Yeah, I'm just- You know, no, I'm not a man. No, I don't want to be called he, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman and it's been a hard earned- yeah, passage. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a funny thing that you say. So um, when you say I'm a woman, so I, I don't, I don't know, I'll use the words, but I I don't see myself as a woman because like Sonat Laurie's a woman to me. I'm uh -huh. 
I'm, the, I'm a person. <laughs> so it's, I, I see women as that. I'm female, um, but I'm, I'm butch. I'm not sure. You know, a, We've woman all, is, a woman is different. Um, We've all been taught that woman is feminine. Right. And so it's, it's there's, right a, it there's a way to, to other that and say, well, those are the ladies or those are the moms or those are the wives. Well, you know, I get to be a wife, too. No one expects to see me when someone says wife. Right. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. But that, too. Right. And, and I do think that's part of that linguistic mm-hmm. negotiation, because even within ourselves, we're looking, saying, oh, but we're not that. You know? Exactly. So- yeah. Yeah. I've always been in a male dominated, um, um, you know, uh, work profession, in profession um, as, an, as a chartered underwriter, an actuary uh, uh, in real estate. I'm now in IT. Um, so uh, as, as a surveyor. So it's all, and I've never actually had a problem from that community at all. It was always mm-hmm. accepted. And it was I, I, no one ever. I, I don't think that I've been had any sort of oppression or anything like that. I don't feel like I did. So I've done quite well in, in all of those professions. But it's almost, it's now, it's from our own community that I have more questions than ever. And I don't. It, it, to me, to me, it's so strange because I have such a dip, obviously I'm femme, so I have a different experience, but I didn't identify as femme because I was told that you couldn't be femme if you were a larger woman, right? <laughs> So I had no idea what I was. I knew I wasn't butch, right? And, but, and I talked to you because I said, oh, my God, you look like Bette Midler, right? Yeah. It was like, who, who else was going to be femme in that room after I saw you, right? It right. was like, this is the marker. And I was just, I remember that. It was just so funny because I was like, I remember when I said that to him, he hit the floor. He's like, you, you can't stand it when you can't get your nails done. You know, you just... I mean, lockdown's been hell for me because I had gotten into this routine um, and I had my two self-care days a month, which included all my waxing, which was really important, (laughs) and my nails, you know, and and getting my hair just so and all of that. And then I could put on my pretty clothes and and do my thing. And um, But that's in the last couple of years I've really owned it because I finally got it. But it took so long because I was really told this is just, this isn't, you don't look like those people over there and I didn't it's look not like a coincidence yeah right it's not a coincidence because even, let's take I mean we can take the label a woman and and put it you know in the middle of the three of us right and mm-hmm. we've got three different presentations three different body types three different relationships to the word three different ages three different rela- whatever you're looking at but the socialization across you know two Jewish women from the U S and you have New York socialization for both of you, which yeah, is as Jewish as it gets, you know, kind of the same. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, we're in the same bucket, you know, it's uh, you know, you've still got the bottom line underneath. We're just not post feminism, right. We're no. just not post equity. Not at all. In, in all these ways, we're being told that we can't be women. Yeah. And the kinds of women that we are, right? And that's sort of the thing that, I mean, don't mean to be Dr. Bummer, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's really a commonality that it's hard to talk about the existence of a group of people, any group of people, when you're still under that, right? Yep. You're still under that giant pressure all the time. Mm. And I do when think mostly it's-, it's really fun to be butch. I love it. I couldn't be anything else, even if I tried. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing that it's so it. 
I, I, def- I love to defy stereotypes. I mean, that's part of my, that's part of my nature. And, and I, I, I remember saying to somebody, well, I just create my group of people around me because mm-hmm. I just don't, I realized I didn't fit into any group. So mm-hmm. I had to create that around me. But I, I, I watched and I remember when I was in, in graduate school, um, my first week of graduate school, um, w- one of the um, lesbian women came up to me and asked me if I was going to this party. And I was like, I wasn't invited. I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, everyone's invited. You could come. And I realized at that moment that it's because she thought that I was a dyke, that she was the right, because it was a dyke party. And I was like, I kind of sit on the fence, guys. I'm, 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 well, I call myself queer now because it works for me. But mm-hmm. at that time, I was identifying as bisexual. And I was like, I'm bisexual. And so it sort of was one of those well, I guess you could come. That was, you know, the, the invite was sort of stepped back, mm-hmm. which I knew it would be because it was always an issue. And it remains an issue, interestingly, in the leather community as well. My experience is, is if, if the question was, do you, see, you know what we swear on this show, so we use right. any word we want. Just thought I made a warn you. Like, right. If you ever play with a cis dick, I don't want to know you. And I've heard that. And it's like... Um, yeah, okay. Mm. Guess you don't want to know me because that's, you know, part of my life, not a part I'm about to give up. I don't want to give up anything else either. Um, and so I, my experience of the LGBT community initially was just so colored by that, mm. that kind of those divisions. So one of the topics I wanted to bring up was the concept of stone butch because I didn't know about this concept until I ended up in a relationship with somebody who was stone butch, mm. which was a, a serious shock. Because mm. I'd never been in a relationship with somebody who was like, yeah, no, you don't, you never get to touch me. Mm. And I remember it being like, explain oh. this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but still very prevalent. Still very prevalent as a. I, I, it almost feels like it's probably more prevalent than it, than than before. Um, uh, I, I don't. I, I think p- possibly because I'm just hearing it more. Groups, you there's more with Facebook and all the rest of it. You, you get a, a wider reach. Um, so in my own community, my own friends, you know, growing up and across my life, not not so much. Um, so and not not for me. Although I have, I have had, I do, there are people that I have relationships with or had relationships with, and um, particularly in leather, in the, in, in the leather community, where it just wasn't, that's not how, it, it just didn't happen. But, that's, we, but it's a bit different. So that's leather. I'm, I'm quite, yeah, and I'm Structure. quite happy. Uh, yeah. So in, but also, I'm quite happy to do most of the heavy lifting and shifting because it's just a pleasure and I'm riding along. I'm riding along with it. So I'm feeling the same thing. And um, so my, my needs are different, um, but it's not, uh, it's not stone by choice. It's not stone as a choice. Um, it's not anything like that. Uh, it just happens to be do quite a lot of the heavy because it's just just the way it works, but it's not, um, it's, it's not stone. I don't, I don't think I could. Certainly persists on the odd broads of butch sexuality. That's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could go through my life without letting anybody, without letting that, those, that personal people um, that, uh, you know, I'm in those intimate relationships with not, not sort of not to feel them. 
Well, and one of the things that was interesting for me is that, that, I mean, I didn't know this in advance of the relationship starting and having negotiated a relationship with somebody where I was very clear that I don't do my BDSM separate from my sex. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for me, right? So I'm really sexual. So I was like, these are both. And one of my big excitements was like, oh my God, finally, because I'm really missing this. I get the opportunity to worship in a way that I really love and I'm missing this. And I I couldn't wait. And then I found out like all of it was off limits. And I was just like, oh, bummer. But interestingly, that person came out as trans very recently. So I had no idea that they were dysphoric. And I didn't even know how to ask the question. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know Hmm. that they even would have noticed, would have admitted it. I'm not sure the person would have admitted it, but, but that was definitely part of it for them. There was a dysphoria. And I, and I, I mean, is that, would you say that's common in the identity that there's a dysphoria around one's own genitals? I would, I would, I would uh, first the question to not start with it can certainly wind up there, but are you, you're frozen. Do you hear me? I hear you now. You do? Okay. Um, on some level, one of the things that I argue in my own work on female masculinity is that there is a dysphoria that is actually conditioned. Uh, and I'm speaking about a dysphoria way more broad at, for the moment than sex or sexuality, but that generalized from the get-go, you know, American gender reveal party that sparks the wildfires, yeah. you know, that conditioning of the pink and blue, unfortunately, in some cases, doesn't have to be inherently bad. But I do think, unfortunately, it really persists in ways that often do more constricting and harm than liberation and good. Uh, And one of the ways that I think that affects butches specifically is when you're being told again and again and again that you cannot do something because you're not a boy or that because you have to be a boy if you are doing X, Y, or Z thing, that conditioning uh, goes throughout. It doesn't suddenly disappear because we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 70 or 90. I get get quite a lot of questions. Uh, Well, hang on uh, one second. Yep. To what do you wear your first day of the job and the condition treatments around that. So... If you didn't start off with dysphoria, you're going to wind up with it, right? And that's a kind of social dysphoria and social pressuring that wants the female butch body to, frankly, conform, uh, right? There's a, a, a meaning-making project put upon you that that uh, is not necessarily the meaning you're seeking. Um, and then when it comes down to sex, I mean, some of it is about as broad as like, well, what are people like? Some people don't want to be touched just as a menu item, right? Some people, it's only certain ways, only certain places. Or if you only call it by a certain name, right? It's like, call me by your name part two. Um, <laughs> you know, at, but at the same time, there is a, a strong history and present of Stone Butch existence that is its set of erotic signals and it's conditioning and dynamics 
well, you said could be for some people and also very liberating for others, you know, depending on where those commonalities line up in terms of compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I am a self-identified, I'm, I'm, I'm butch and that's, that's that. But um, I get questions about, because I've had, um, I've had top surgery um, and that's my choice because that's how I, I feel comfortable like that. Um, and when I um, hit menopause, um, I needed to have some sort of HRT because otherwise I would either cry a lot or, or want to, you know, kill everyone. Um, so, um, but for me to go start to take estrogen, um, it just, it didn't work for me. And it was, I was in this, this, it was this terrible conflict. So I um, went on low dose testosterone, but very low. So I probably had to have had some, you know, changes, um, but not nothing that was extensive. And, and it's just manageable on a very, very low level as, as you know, uh, can be done. And I'm still a masculine female. I'm still good. And I get quite a lot of questions because I've, I've had, you know, I've taken those actions um, uh, for people to say, well, you obviously that you're obviously trans. Well, well I'm not. But I mean, what's so interesting to me is that they're deciding your identity based on your actions and not well, allowing yes, you and, to just, it's your identity, right? It's yeah, got so nothing people, to do with this. But people make there's something more, right? Because my femme wife could, for instance, have the same turn of events, right? But not the same identity pressures put upon her. Absolutely. Because she doesn't have, you know, she has a feminine presentation or essence right mm -hmm. and so that's the part I mean I was just listening to your episode on Zoftig and the speaker was speaking about wanting a breast reduction and having yep. had one and negotiating was she going to have one again but because it's on a non-butch body it doesn't come with that particular there's none of that well no and I, I mean women I, should be able to choose our own tit size too <laughs> yeah I, I mean and I'm I mean I take testosterone because I had a hysterectomy and they took my ovaries and, um, and frankly, I didn't want to be without libido and without energy. And, you know, I, I always remind women that our ovaries secrete hormones well past menopause. And so if you don't have ovaries, you need some hormone replacement or you're going to be a miserable cow. It's just not fun. And so, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I'm not towards other people. I'm not worried about, well, I, I do worry about other people, but if, you know, just myself, it was, so I've, I take some estrogen and I take testosterone. I can't stand the extra hair growth drives me nuts, right? That's upsetting. But other than that, it does nothing negative, but nobody says anything to, to me about it. The fact, if I say I take testosterone, nobody goes, oh, you're trans, right? Nobody. Cause they look at me and that's it. Right. And so there's your binary again, right? Yeah. 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 I just, it always makes me angry when people decide what your identity should be rather than asking somebody, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of asking people their pronouns is to just leave them alone and let them tell you what they are. <laughs> I have a, I, uh, I have a friend who for a while, as people do try on different pronouns and one of hers was yo. It was her pronoun, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, if that's what you want, I'm going to call you. It makes it easy. I come from New Jersey. I can shout, yo, no. <laughs> get away with it. Exactly. Perfect. But yeah. there is this thing about, about, 
it, it comes back to that binary thing again, which, which, I mean, I get humans like to categorize. Um, and we do have a tendency to think in binary terms. It drives me crazy, but mostly because I don't fit in the binaries most of the time. This is the only one that I actually fit in is the fact that I've always been female. I've always wanted to be female. I've never wanted to be anything other than female. And when I was, I had a girlfriend talk me into um, fucking her. And so I had to go out and find a dick to fuck her with. Um, So I got, you know, I got one of the kind of um, athletic strap-on belt so that it was like really close to the body and I have a belly so with the penis which which actually was exactly my skin color because we went shopping together and we skin tone matched and so with the stomach in the way when I looked down it looked real right it looked like it was mine and I remember looking down and going what the fuck right uh, no this is wrong and we had a good time but I didn't feel anything from that. I felt pleasure at causing, giving her pleasure, but I got, and I have girlfriends who get immense pleasure out of that. Right. For me, it was like, yeah, this really cements it. You know, this is the gender. This is it. I'm happy with it. Okay. I'm going to put that away now. Cause I don't want to do that anymore. That's just not me. Um, but I tried it cause she was into it and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try. Um, and it was interesting. But it was that you don't want sex to be interesting, right? That's not. The I was going to say, please let not that be the first description. <laughs> That's not the goal. It's not the goal. Uh, I like to think I have something for everyone. Just try to keep it right. I just yeah, very no, helpful. Very I'm a care. I'm a caring and sharing person. I, I just want to make sure that all people are accommodated. <laughs> all women at heart. All women are accommodated. I'm, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I am. <laughs> A Midwesterner at heart, yes, yes, yeah. because that is how it is in the Midwest. Would you like a refill? Are you happy? <laughs> Can I help make you happier? <laughs> oh, my Lord, it is so funny. It's just so funny to me that whole that just that whole thing about people's expectations and insistence on what they see. So now, because we don't talk about butch as much, the expectation is that this person who's presenting in this way must be trans in some way. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, get, I have this quite a wide trans community around me. Yes. So, um, I, you know, I, I, most of my butch interactions, finding that fraternity or whatever it is, fraternity club, um, group of people uh, it, I, I find online really um, so um, it, for me and I just keep there's lots of talk over and over again about these same things that we that we're talking about here people going this way or that way and and in order to assert the butch identity they're taking different actions so I've not been able to discern whether um, it's um, people coming through a, a butch community on their way to something else or the butch community itself is, is, is starting to feel like they have to make choices. Um, um, and if you make choices, so I've had top surgery, I take low dose, low dose testosterone, I take testosterone, but I've, I've not felt I needed that didn't, that doesn't mean anything for me. That's for me. Um, so I'm still trying to discern whether the community is shifting um, and, and having these new uh, sets of 
things that if I do this and this, then obviously I'm, I need to do that. Um, or in order to maintain my masculinity, um, my, you know, that, that I, I have to make a move because people won't take me seriously. So I see a lot of that. I don't have, I, I, and it's, it's my, admittedly, it's mostly what I'm reading online and people interacting in that way. So, um, I, I, you know, I just, it does make, it makes me a little sad because you, you opened up, Laurie, by saying, is, is the community shrinking? Um, and so from my perspective, it feels like the community is shrinking, but that's only my perspective because I'm not out there as much right. as I was previously. So, you know, I, but I do, I do hope that the people, you know, the young butchers coming up don't feel forced to make a choice like that. That, 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 that it, butch is, butch is brilliant and it's an amazing, just an amazing way to be. And I hope that people will be able to continue to enjoy that without feeling pressure to do something. There is a way in which the online discourse, uh, I don't know that we can always even call it discourse. Sometimes it's mudslinging. Sometimes it's really 30 second, 30 second sound bites. You know, the short version of so much of it collapses so much. Mm. And the performing of gender online, you know, some groups I'm, I'm in, uh, really, it's about, well, how much can you compress your body so that it looks flat in every possible way, right? Because that's still somehow, you know, the most, quote unquote, masculine, right? Well, we're still kind of battling that white Swedish <laughs> form, you know, the airplane seats were, were not made for the Jews, frankly, uh, or the Italians, right? And so when we're saying we're just going to, you know, uh, the default becomes how do I bind my body or how do I pass? Um, even if the community isn't shifting, the discourse upon it and the expectation has to have an impact, right? Because if the main thing you're getting when you sign on is, well, this is how to change our bodies to look butch right? Or this is how you change your body to be trans, or this is how you change your body to be a woman, or this is how you change your body to be uh, looking like you're going in the corporate world, right? There's still so much shape shifting, and not as much reflection. You know, it's part of what we're missing now in this moment of COVID. Like, I want to sit with you and have our butch coffee together. Yes. And you know, your arm's going to brush my arm. Whoa, radical. And you know, (laughs) we're going to have that I mean, you use the word fraternity, I would say sisterhood, we're going to have that moment of connection where all you have to do is be in a room and be quiet together, mm-hmm. or talk together, but to get, you know, we've had these experiences, there is a socialization commonality, there is an experiential commonality, it's good to be around others who are like us. Yes. Um, and we're just all outrageously missing that. Uh, but it is a moment in which we could insert more of ourselves as as our experiences uh, to bolster, not counter, but to bolster and fluff what we're seeing online too, almost as a reminder. I I would love to see that because for me, for me, it, it, there's, I've always said, you know, it's a feminine masculinity. It's not a masculine masculinity and I make a distinction. Mm. So for me, it, butches are very definitely female. Right. And and they're very definitely female and they're different from trans male, cis male, 
I mean, those two I put in the same group. They're male. Right. Right. You I, can, I, you I, can, I'm not binary about it, right? That's male. This is female. Look, you are a person, and I know this of you, you appreciate uh, a phrase that was said to me, you know, in 1999, and I've stuck with it and, and cited it ever since, you know, my friend Ty Power said to me in 1999, the lustiness of the masculine. Yeah. Right. You are a person who appreciates the lustiness of the masculine. It can come in all these different packages. Some packages are going to signal different things to you, evoke different things. And that's real. Yeah. I mean, differentiation is wonderful, benign, appreciated, you know, um, Mm-hmm. not as produced as we might want. Yeah. I mean, and so for me, it, that that's one of the reasons why I started this play, this with, I hope this isn't being lost because it is a flavor all its own and yeah. it's not a flavor I want to see go away. It, it, it's, and I, I am older too. I'm going to be 58 in, in, on March 16th. So, you know, I'm of a generation where there were these very big divisions where we didn't talk about trans very much at all. And, and, you know, all butches wore certain outfits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> jack, two pockets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Oh, there you <laughs> <Right>. are. <laughs> That's what I recognized. Yeah. Nobody had to say a word to me. I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, you got the uniform on. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I grew up with. I, I, I always thought, oh, man, it's so awesome to be butch. You're just right in the middle. You can go to get, be with women everywhere, and you you still have, you know, you, there's no problem, in, you know, with, in a male community. It's quite welcome, really. I, I've never had a problem. Um, and so I just thought, oh, this is, I'm just everywhere. It's spectacular. And I just thought, oh, what a gift it is, really, to have found this place. Um, and <laughs> it's just it's uh, funny how it's evolved, um, really. So to, to have to have to have all these discussions, instead of for me, I just want to bring everybody into the club because it's just the best place to be. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I love that. So we have a few minutes. I want you to let people know where they can find you if they want to find you. Go ahead. Sure. So. S T G at IU.EU is the easiest way to find me online. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And Lou? Uh, you can find me on um, <clears throat> well, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Leather Eagle. Uh, so I'm Leather Eagle everywhere. So just put it into any social media and you'll find me. <laughs> That's fab. So Thanks for listening this week, guys. Um, next week is the letter C, and I'm not telling you what it is yet. Oh. So there. So there. Um, if you are enjoying this podcast and you ha- have guests you want me to have on or a topic you want, please email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Head over to the website and put your name in the box for the mailing list, which will get you all the information about what's going on, all the events we've got going on, um, as well as podcast information. There's a regular newsletter. Um, Some of you may or may not be aware that censorship has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger over the last year. Most social media terms of service have changed, and it has become harder and harder for people to see my posts. I get people complain 
fairly regularly that I've disappeared off the face of the earth when I'm in fact posting regularly, just being shadow banned. So to that end, at the moment, we have started a crowdfunding for the creation of a membership website to create a virtual safe space for people to talk and learn about sex and relationships of all kinds. Um, And this crowdfunding is running now. The link will be in the podcast notes, but if you look up under crowdfunder.co.uk, create a a website, creating a website and a virtual safe space, you'll find it. Or if you put my name in, you'll find it. Anything you can donate would be greatly appreciated because it's not an easy project. We want to make this a place where um, people are able to talk within their own groups about things like trauma, as well as every type of sexuality and relationship and gender issue, and have education from reputable professionals um, and not have to worry about Facebook listening in or somebody disappearing their favorite support group or all those sorts of things. There are some pretty cool rewards. Um, for somebody who wants to spend a thousand pounds, I've offered to um, m- modify an erotic story just for them, read it to them and record it so that they can have it forever. So somebody out there who really wants to hear me read erotica needs to take that one. But seriously, we're running until the 24th of April and anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. There will be there's information about it and the link. It is on the, the website, so you can get it there. And I will see all of you next week. Please be safe. 